Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello everyone and welcome to Pixels. This is a show where we try and gather the news about the video game industry from the past couple of weeks and uh, try to throw a slight analysis spin on it, try to understand what it means and uh, mostly get all of it in one place so you don't have to worry about reading a bunch of blogs and stuff and you can get all the news in uh, one convenient podcast. My name is Patrick Beja and uh, today I'm joined again by uh, Ed Mitchell who is uh so i always say from the four players network i guess that's uh -huh. correct right yeah streamer and uh web developer for fourplayernetwork.com how how are you doing so it's it's memorial day weekend or the end of memorial day weekend uh for yeah. you guys did you do something amazing i went down to uh to the beach atlantic ocean on the other side of uh And just kind of enjoyed the enjoyed the time. It was a little rainy, tropical storm. Bonnie decided to to sh rear its ugly head, but <laughs> everything's everything was good. We actually got a few good beach days in, and then we drove back today in the pouring down rain the whole way home. So, ah, well, yeah. you know, that, at least it waited till after I after we all left, you know. <laughs> um, so it's really a holiday, like a plain holiday, the Memorial yeah. Day thing. I thought it was like you had to. I don't know, do some ceremonial thanking of the troops or something like that. And well, you the, there is that too. They, there's, they usually do a Memorial day, like kind of celebration, um, slash Memorial, um, right in front of Ar in Arlington, Virginia, which is where all, a bunch of soldiers are buried. Okay. Um, right. yeah. And they do like that a big, sense. like kind of stories about different soldiers and, and things like that, all, going all the way back to like revolutionary wartime. Mm. Okay. Um, so there is, there is that too, but, The majority of us um, use <laughs> Just, it as an excuse to not work and, and get drunk. Right, a long weekend. Um, <laughs> yeah. so it, here's a, a question related to gaming. Is, is there any um, company that has dared or that does today some Memorial Day type promotion linked to their promotion games? Like, for like Call of Duty Yeah, or exactly, exactly. Does that happen uh, or, or do they, I, you know? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure if you there might be something, some games that are off on Steam today, but I think that's just normal um, discounts, not really because it's Memorial Day. Right, okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they they don't, commer commercialism hasn't stooped so low as to, you know, <laughs> sell some, uh, try and sell some Call of Duty or Battlefield. They, pro they probably the did day. like some focus testing and found out that they got a little bit of backlash <laughs> from that. 
Probably, probably. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Um, E3 is uh, coming in a couple of weeks. We have a, a additional rumors about what might happen at E3. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what we think might be the big things at that uh, at that show. And uh, then we have a bunch of news. But I think it, the show might be a little bit shorter than usual, by which I mean, you know, it's not going to be an hour and a half. Maybe it's going to be an hour and 20 minutes. That's usually <laughs> what happens is when I say it's going to be shorter. But yeah. no, I, th I think it might be a little bit shorter. Um, so hardware things for E3, um, mostly mm. Microsoft. Uh, apparently, they might be planning to announce a couple of things, maybe even three. Um, one would be a cheaper, smaller Xbox One, uh, basically an Xbox One light or slim or, or however slim, you want to yeah. call it. Yeah. Which I think even if they slim down that beast, it would, it could still be enormous. Um, especially that power adapter thing. I mean, yeah. oh my God, does Microsoft not have electrical engineers? How can they not <laughs> get this thing? Anyway, sorry. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's pretty, St a stark uh, uh, comparison. If you look at the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, the, the Xbox One is twice as big, and it has an external power plug, which is yeah, exactly. Ah, anyway, first yeah, world crazy. problems. But so we might get a slimmer version of the Xbox One, which fair enough. It's about that time in the console cycle where we see um, revised hard hardware uh, for the consoles. But uh, apparently they might be thinking about uh, announcing a more powerful version of the Xbox One, which was hinted at by, uh, who was it? Phil Spencer, I think, a mm -hmm. couple of months ago, a few months ago. Yeah. Um, well, so, so I'm kind of curious, kind of who's, uh, between Sony and Microsoft, who came up with this genius plan of having a slightly more powerful one in like a three, three or four years? Like, who came up with it first and who's kind of react, reacting from it? It sounds like the, the Neo is going to come out this fall, maybe. And then, but the Xbox won't, they won't be able to get a new one out till 2017. So, yeah, which is a, a concern for me, not for. So, first of all, who decided it first? I think they, if they're coming out now, they've been working on them since basically the first one came out. So, I think they both right, yeah. thought. Maybe now that we have a PC architecture and uh, maybe we need to put out a version that does 4K at some point. Let's just bump the specs as well. And maybe also, you know, when the, the first one came, came out, uh, the, the Xbox One and the, the PS4, they were very clearly underpowered compared to mm -hmm. uh, the standard PCs, which it, it was uncommon. You know, it's uncommon in the console lifecycle. Usually when the consoles come out, they are a little bit more powerful than the PCs, you know, the average PCs that are available on the market. I'm talking about gamer PCs, of course. Yeah. Um, and and then obviously as time go, goes by and since the consoles have a long life cycle, uh, they become less powerful than the current PCs. These the this cycle, both machines were a little bit underpowered compared to standard PCs, and um, maybe they thought, you know what, let's just put them out now. We have PC architecture; we can upgrade it easily. We're going to need a 4K model later. Let's let's not. Uh, have to throw away the entire uh, console when we we want to upgrade the the machine and just uh, put out a more powerful. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they thought about it at the same time. It's not like one is yeah, copying I, the other. I wonder if part of the reason why these consoles are so underperforming is because the the dedicated graphics cards nowadays are just become like coming out so much and so much better. I mean, e even Nvidia's recent announced 1070 is going to be 
was I saw some specs today that it's better performing than the 980 and the 980 Ti. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, actually, it's it's pretty incredible how how powerful that uh, that new card seems to be. But uh, you know, so the, I, honestly, I don't blame Microsoft and Sony for wanting to kind of push their console a little bit further, simply because I mean, these consoles they it's going to get to the point if we wait a whole like six or seven, maybe eight year life cycle, these consoles are going to be vastly underperformed. Even, even if developers learn how to properly like optimize their games for them. Yeah. And I mean, for sure, we've seen um, how beautiful Uncharted is and that certainly Mm -hmm. looks better than, you know, we, we said last show, I think it looks better than any game I've ever seen anywhere, including, you know, very power hungry. You've seen how Uncharted, I mean, Uncharted one versus Uncharted three, it's like night and day and that's the same architecture and same specs, you know? Right. So obviously developers are going to, especially because it's so close to PCs, developers are going to get better and better at, at optimizing, optimizing for these two uh these two platforms but i i don't i i don't blame sony and and microsoft for for wanting to try and push their console further and further yeah i think it's you know i think it it makes sense as as painful as it's going to be for some gamers who are used to be painful uh, yeah Uh, but i mean there's this there's 4k there's also the um vr issue which i think is is to be taken into account and apparently Mm -hmm. so all of this is rumors but apparently that new um xbox one model which I don't know. Do people call it Xbox One Two, Xbox Two? It's gonna be funny, but Xbox uh, One Four K. Yeah, something like that. Xbox Fourteen K. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that one might uh, be VR compatible, which yeah. already asks the you know it begs the question. We know that for the PlayStation Four Neo, um, the PlayStation, the current PlayStation is obviously going to be VR compatible. Uh, for the the, um, the 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 Xbox One Two, would the Xbox One One be VR compatible? That's a that's a big I, question. I don't, and, I don't think it will be because Xbox One is already shown to be not as powerful as PS Four, and I think the the base PS Four is like just barely on the edge of being able to support PlayStation VR. Yeah, that's and, and so we're that's, not and, and we're not even talking about a VR platform that's made specifically for Xbox. We're talking about a possible partnership with Oculus, which they kind of hinted at that um that last E3 at their at their press conference. Um they mentioned that they were going to try and have some talks with Oculus at their press conference, which was weird. Um <laughs> but I mean, we already know how powerful of a, a, a PC you need to make an to make an Oculus work, and I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, do, I honestly don't think the current Xbox One will be able to support it. Well, so the thing is, you can always make it make the the graphics less demanding and then you'll be able to achieve the fps you need and you know it could be untextured you know 3d cell shaded yeah. whatever something yeah, right. and that could run on on any machine right but but yeah that that, yeah. that question yeah. is there and and microsoft and oculus have been partners for a while now so i even thought last e3 that they would announce a special version of the oculus rift or you know the mm-hmm. oculus rift rift one or something that would run on the xbox one uh, obviously it didn't happen um that xbox one which by the name the code name is is scorpio um for the more powerful version is very likely going to be vr compatible um but yeah the question for the xbox one one is there and 
it's it's going to be very interesting. The other thing that concerns me a little bit is apparently they're being pushed to announce that that Scorpio um, it, now because of the uh, PlayStation 4 Neo, even though that Scorpio isn't um, planned for launch, scheduled for launch until 2017, and that yeah, do you seems think it, like, do you think uh, it's going to come out like early 2017, which is why they want to kind of hype it up at E3? Well, I I don't know. I mean, I think it would have to be because if you announce something that's going to these kinds of announcements freeze your sales to an extent, and yeah. you know, people look at the new version, they're not going to buy the old crappy version now, especially if right. it's you know if it doesn't play VR, and you you might be. I mean, that we don't know. It's just speculation. But I mean, there's one way to get around this, which we discussed uh, during the um, the PlayStation Four Neo rumors, and if you announce, you know, PlayStation Four is now two ninety nine or you know two fifty two forty nine and the PlayStation four Neo is gonna be three ninety nine when it comes out this October. Then you know you have set the stage. People who want the Neo can wait. People who want the the current one, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be that price for at least a year. And you're like, okay, I'm going to buy it now because there is no point waiting, and that I want the cheap one. That works. Um, I guess they could do that for an Xbox One uh, upgrade as well. But seven months, uh, you know, six months or so, or maybe more if it if it comes out later in 2016 uh, in 2017. Sorry, uh, is is. Pretty long. I think it's a it's a dangerous way of doing things if that's the way they do it. And yeah, especially if they make it very obvious that the current Xbox One is not going to be enough to support VR. Yeah, that's or, that's my concern. Or like another concern that I have, like I have an Xbox One. I, do you have an Xbox One, Patrick? Yeah, I do. I think it's okay, it's yeah. the one the one tech it? purchase that I'm regretting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. So I, I've played I played um, Halo Five on here, and I played Quantum Break, and that's it. Yeah, I <laughs> like played. I have, the... Suns- I have Sunset Overdrive, but I haven't really gotten gotten into it yet. I only got it because it was free on the Xbox Live subscription or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like this this purchase hasn't gotten me as as far as I want to, and I feel like it sits more than it doesn't, unlike my PS4 does. Yeah, same with me. I'm, I'm, you know, I. It's not about bad console. It's just there's no. It's hard to recommend at this point, and and yeah, I don't know. It's. It, I mean, if your friends are anyway, let's not go back into the. Do you prefer one or the other? That's not the point. Yeah, but no. the the point is, you're right. I haven't been using it. I'm thinking about selling it, even especially and, if there's and a, the, a the new one exclusive that I was really looking forward to, which was announced like forever ago, was Scalebound. But that got delayed to 2017, and it looks yeah. like they're possibly going to be doing the new console at the same time. And if my console isn't enough to to run Scalebound, I'm going to feel a little miffed, you know? <laughs> well, that I don't think is going to be an issue. I think it's the same as the PlayStation 4. I think they're going to be very strict about uh, how the, ra- the games can run. And they have yeah, to, I, ho- I think. I hope so, because they were not as strict with uh, Tomb Raider. When it came out on uh, Xbox One and Xbox 360 at the same time, the Xbox 360 version was not good at all. It was it was really slow, really framey, and stuff mm. like that. So I, I'm hoping I'm hoping they do it. And it makes me. I mean, I, I think I it's a different. You, it's I think it's a different issue though. I think they can't. Yeah. They have you know just like Sony. It's it the entire success. I mean, not not sales success, but the uh, brand recognition of those brands is going to rest on the way they handle those 
two concurrent machines being on the market. If Sony messes it up or if Microsoft messes it up, if games are crappy on the old Xbox and, you know, good on the new one, it's going to look incredibly bad for Sony and that can create a bad buzz that can kill a brand. And so I don't think they can afford to do that. So I'm not worried about that. that I'm just nervous about the fact that, like, I mean, I I mentioned before that I'm a software developer, so I kind of know a little bit about the way this, these things work, and I'm nervous that companies will go for getting the best of what they can out of the the lower end version, and it won't be able to use the upper end version to its fullest extent. Mm, yeah, yeah, obviously it it makes, but I mean, you know. Yes, they are supposed to be like what three, four times more powerful, you know, each uh, than the talking about the new PlayStation Four and the um, the new Xbox One. But it's still it's like PCs, and I see a lot of concerns about will developers be able to develop for those machines at the same time? And I've seen people saying, oh, then you have to develop for Xbox One and Xbox One 2 and PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 Neo. And that's horrible. And But that's not really the case. You're, they're already, most of them are already developing for PC. And on PC, you have to run your game on a wide gamut uh, of uh, performance types. So I don't think it's going to be that... Uh, you know, that's different from the situation now. The situation now, you develop the game for a PC, then you try to optimize it for PlayStation 4 and for Xbox One. It's a little bit of work, but it's not, uh, you know... And yes, you're going to add the Neo and the Xbox One too. And it's a little bit more optimization, but it's not like you're all of a sudden tripling the work, right? Um, it's just you set a... a, a, a a performance level for each of the consoles on the PC gamut, and you try to optimize for that at that point. So I'm not as concerned as many people seem to be for the amount of work that that's going to represent. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just from my personal experience, plus reading some things about the, what developers have been saying about it, that they are nervous as well. You know, so yeah, nervous for sure. I can understand that, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be the apocalypse that that. <laughs> some people are describing people are describing right. it as enormous uh, uh you know weight on the developers if that happens and i mean i don't know anyway we'll see this is all speculation for now um so and there might be a, a chromecast like you know an xbox streaming thing or, or playstation tv like thing which is going to allow you to stream your xbox or maybe even your pc games on on another console which could be cool. I, I like the idea of the Steam Link and of those devices. The uh, yeah, the and, I, and I've and... used I've used the Xbox One streaming to my to my PC. I have everything wired in, um, so it's going straight through my router, no Wi-Fi in, involved in. It. I have not had issues with it at all. Right. Yeah, I think it so, works. Right, it well, works so. pretty well. Yeah. So, look forward to that. Um, another little bit of, of rumor, um, which is not directly E3 related because Nintendo is not going to be presenting anything at E3, but apparently um, the Nintendo device that we are thinking is DNX and that might be uh, two different consoles, it might be... Uh, there's a very unsubstantiated rumor from the Wall Street Journal, so it's still, you know, a reputable source that is talking about um, the MH for a new code name for Nintendo's handheld, which could indicate that the NX is not one system for handheld and um, and 
home console, but it might be two different devices. So uh, this is way too rumory. Oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the Wall Street Journal. It was Yahoo's um, finance site uh, in Japan. So... Um, yeah, make of that what you will. I just wanted to mention it because it's always interesting to speculate about what Nintendo is going to do in the hardware space next. But it's super rumory, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But yeah, so there you go. Um, any comment on this before we move on to yeah, I mean, guesses? I, I am excited for whatever the NX ends up being, and I'm hoping it lives up to my hopes and dreams of what I want it to be. Um, so I, I'm just... Cautiously optimistic until then. Yeah, same. Um, so, what else? Uh, yeah, so E3 in general. Um, I think we have had a lot of rumors about E3, but I'm, you know, let's. it's always fun to speculate a little bit more. So before we move on to the uh, general news and quick news, um, any guesses about the big thing that things that might happen at E3, what you're hoping for and... All of those Red things. Dead Redemption 2. Oh, my God, you stole mine. <laughs> that, <Yes>. was, <laughs> that was exactly the one I was going to go for. Yeah, I mean, I think Bethesda is still having a conference this year. And so last year was their first conference, and they absolutely kind of they blew everyone's minds with Fallout 4. Um, so I'm hoping we get some gameplay of Dishonored 2, which they only showed as a cinematic last year, and we haven't really heard much from it since then. Um, but... It, I if I had to make a guess, I'll, I'll they're they're going to finish up the the conference with Red Dead Redemption Two or mm. whatever it's called, right? Red yeah. Dead uh, Revenge or something. <laughs> it has to be Red Dead Re something, right? Because it yeah, was originally exactly. Red Dead Revolver, Red Dead Redemption. Red Revenge Dead. could be cool ba- based on how everything worked out in the last game, you know. What revenge? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That that yeah. could be. Although they might go with a completely different set of characters, but. Yeah, that'd be perfectly fine with me. Mm, yeah, Red Dead re. Uh, oh, there we had a Revengeance that was Metal Gear Revelation. But, oh, that that's way too uh, Assassin's Creed. It seems like <laughs> yeah, you know, true. conspiracy. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 would be my Red Dead uh, Brotherhood. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Red Dead Redemption. It, it's one of those titles that is, uh, you know, from the previous generation and legendary uh, because everyone loved it and everyone was so blown away when it came out. So, yeah, that that would be a big thing. Um, we'll probably get some Mass Effect Andromeda from the from the EA conference, which is earlier that week. Yeah, that is. Uh, you know, we've we've heard about this and we've heard rumors. I, it's not even rumors. It's been delayed to twenty seventeen. So, yeah, um, I, we haven't really seen any gameplay footage from Andromeda, have we? No, not yeah, at all. So. Uh, no, there was that one that was leaked. It was like mm. a fifteen minute gameplay that was leaked. Okay, um, I haven't watched it. So, so yeah, mm. um, yeah. So so that's it. Just Red Dead Redemption two. That's your that's your. Uh, well, I'm hoping we hopes. get some some more stuff about ReCore, which was announced last year at Microsoft's a press conference, um, plus more information about Horizon Zero Dawn at Sony's. Hopefully, that comes out this year, but I'm 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 nervous about that possibly coming out this year. Yeah, I, I think this is this is probably going to be one of the big titles at at Sony for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Ubisoft, I. I mean, we're probably going to be seeing um, Watch Dogs 2, right? They've announced it's, it's going to come out pretty soon, so that yeah. we might see some of that. I, I, I'm hoping that's better than the first one was, you know? I, yeah. I did play the first one, and I, I just didn't like it as much as I hoped I would. 
Yeah, I think that's that's the sentiment of a lot of people. Um, there's uh, what else? Uh, Destiny. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Destiny, so I'm uh, we're we're actually we're hearing about uh, um, a new the, expansion, right? Right. The Rise of Iron is one of the rumors that we've heard in the past couple of uh, weeks, and uh, that would be the next expansion. It would be uh, a apparently um, a the Taken King-like expansion, meaning uh, a good. new zone. Uh, yeah, I loved the Taken King. I think everyone agreed it was a, a brilliant expansion for Destiny and brought it probably to the level that, that most people could enjoy it. Um, certainly during the year, for many different reasons, the uh, game wasn't updated enough to keep most people's attention. Um, so, and, and originally, as we know, they seemed to have planned uh, to have one expansion, one uh, number sequel and alternate between the two for the next 10 years Mm -hmm. and obviously the plans seem to have changed because the next one should have been destiny 2 but that has been delayed uh, to 2017 and now we're just quote-unquote going to get an expansion um if it's as good as the taken king i can totally wait uh, i will you know it will hold my attention for a couple of months and i can wait for destiny 2 to be fully cooked before it gets released in 2017 and hopefully that game would fulfill the promises the unkept promises promises of what destiny uh, was supposed to be or in the fevered imagination of lots of gamers so um yeah rise of iron is apparently going to be discussed heavily at the uh, at least i would guess sony conference because activision yeah. uh, is in cahoots with sony for that one and there's no there's gonna no square enix conference this year um so a lot of any of the things that would be announced there would probably lean into sony um we might get some more footage about the Final Fantasy VII remake, um, some stuff from Final Fantasy XV, which is coming out later this year, and uh, maybe some Deus Ex stuff as well. Yeah, very likely. I mean, uh, when is Deus Ex coming out? It's fairly August. soon, right? Yeah, August. so we're, we're, we're certainly going to see that. Uh, Final Fantasy VII, for sure. Uh, talking about they've Sony... Been, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, uh, the Deus Ex stuff. They, they've been putting out a, f- a few trailers recently. Oh, I guess you have it there, yeah. Yeah, I have it in um, the notes. Uh, yeah, the tra- what did you the, think about that trailer? The, I love that trailer. I, I don't, and I'm glad they they seem to be really leaning heavily on the whole like kind of sort of racism undertones of of um, people that have bio bionic implants or whatever. Um, so I'm I'm glad that they're doing that. Plus, it it looks like I mean the trailer looks fantastic. It's live action, um, which actually I think was done fairly well can can all things considered so yeah i I would definitely recommend you go watch the the mechanical apartheid is the name of the trailer yeah it was it was pretty i don't want to say revelatory that that's a little bit putting too much (laughs) emphasis but it was surprisingly excellent um yeah you know the the live action works it totally works it feels like uh you know bits and pieces from a high quality tv show or movie even and it conveys exactly what the mankind divided game seems to be about which is you know that that age-old question of uh discrimination and basically what is racism um and yeah it's it it makes you feel for that world for that world that they're building and that you know uh, situation where things are understandable from 
both sides of the of the issue and if those augmented people become um you know start becoming crazy sometimes then you have to do something about it and at the same time there's still people and there are family and friends and what do you you know i thought that was that made me want to learn more about the world you know i almost to make it made me yeah. want to watch a tv show about this and learn more about the game itself which honestly i've never been hugely um interested in dsx i know it's a good so did game, you play but, human um, revolution no i i launched okay. it for okay. you yeah. know half an hour and then i i my my mind got busy somewhere it's, else i think i think human revolution took a little bit to build up but the the, the mechanics of how you played were really cool um of it so I'm, i'm really looking forward to how they expand on that in mankind divided yeah for sure so, for yeah. sure and, 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 uh, and so i was talking in the in our um chat about this and i was i was like uh it seems like they delayed it and then they put a bunch of money into marketing to make people forget about the augment your pre-order thing <laughs> oh i had forgotten about it <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah. <laughs> that's my point But you, you know what they they went back on it they they fixed it so yeah, i don't yeah. think we no, should and, yeah and yeah but it's just it's just funny that uh, I I look at this trailer and I almost completely forget that yeah. they that they did that kind of misstep, you know. <laughs> true, true. Um, right. So uh, there's that. I'm guessing we were talking about Sony. Uh, I think Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn is probably going to be featured heavily as well. Um, the the guard uh, last Guardian might make a, a, a splash again. Although I'm yeah, really so worried about that. Their game. trailer said 2016, and we're almost we're almost halfway through 2016. So. I'm hoping it does come. It, they have a, like a release date actually on that um, on that game. In yeah, E3. You know. Maybe. Yeah, I'm. I'm Fingers not. Crossed. You know. Yeah, I'm not. I, it's not the game I'm. I'm expecting the most of. Well, but, um, I love Shadow of the Colossus, so um, more of that makes. Would, yeah. I mean, it's from the same people. It's not necessarily the same kind of game, but yeah. Yeah, you know they're gonna. You know they're they're gonna build the emotional connection to the game and to yep. the characters for sure. I mean, Team yep. Ico is known for known for that, but um, uh, VR. We're probably finally gonna see a lot uh, about um, the PlayStation VR because honestly. As much as we've seen, we haven't seen huge amounts of what it is and, and how the cool ga- I mean, we've seen rigs and this and that, but um, I think they're going to they're gonna push it a lot. This is their last big marketing push be- be- before release. I guess there's Gamescom afterwards at the end of, uh, of August, so they have another one. But um, yeah, so we're probably going to be seeing a lot of that. Yeah, but last year I felt like there was, I mean, there was, there was almost no VR last year. And I feel like this has to be the year where they, where Sony at the very least, and uh, expand out to other press conferences as well, where they put a little bit of em- emphasis on VR so we can actually like get yeah. things going. Um, on the Microsoft side, I'm, I'm, I want to hear more about, you know, we discussed the console things, but game wise, uh, Battle. Oh, what what was the name? Um, oh, that exclusive. Oh my god, with the dragons and the the Japanese game. Scalebound. Scalebound. Thank you. Scalebound. Um, my I had a brain fart. So Scalebound. I'm excited to learn about a little bit more. Um, I, I so when I was at PAX, I saw a Scalebound presentation. Um, that was like behind closed doors, no cameras or anything were allowed, and uh, it was. It was a fantastic game, and what was great, it was like they had you. It was kind of the the same kind of thing we've seen in the gameplay trailer so far, 
Um, and then they showed what happens like after the cut of the gameplay trailer. Oh, when the, ta- the two or three people come together. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So, so you, you, he gets at one point he or doing not really a Q and a yet, but he's kind of like talking about it and he, he leans in real close to his mic. This is the translator, not the, um, the, well, the guy speaks real close to the mic and he goes, and just so you know, Yes, you can get on the dragon and fly. And the guy gets on the dragon and starts to fly to, to like neighboring <laughs> islands that are floating in the air. Like, like if you think about how Nagrand looks in, in BC, you have all these little islands floating around. And right. the whole time I was seeing them in the background, I was like, can you fly there? Can you fly there? And it was like he heard my question because he just was like, yes, you can fly there. And there's no loading screen or anything. And it looked pretty far. And, and flying on the dragon looked fantastic. So. Yeah, I mean, that game looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully we're going to hear about it a little bit more at E3. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, we might get a couple of surprises, hopefully, for, for Microsoft, because they don't have a huge slate. Um, I mean, you mentioned ReCore, and there are that's that's Microsoft, right? That's a Microsoft exclusive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, so there's ReCore, and there, there might be a couple more, but there isn't a huge, huge amount. So maybe yeah, we'll I see mean, some for, things. For things that are coming out this year, we have Gears of War 4 and... They put Halo Wars 2 on the slate for 2016, um, but we haven't really seen anything from that since they announced it last year, which mm-hmm. was, wasn't even really an announcement. It was just kind of like a uh, some some voice audio, and then it said Halo Wars 2. So we didn't really get right. to see much of that. So, yeah. um, so we'll see. We'll see. Right. Um, you know, another one I'm looking for... Oh, I guess before that, uh, I have to mention No Man's Sky because we're talking about Sony. <laughs> Obviously, No Man's Sky is a big deal and uh, it's going to come out in August now. It's been delayed and yep. apparently it's gotten some idiots so angry they're sending death threats, but I don't even want to talk about that. Um, yeah, delay to No Man's Sky. It's Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to make for a very busy fall season, but... Sure. If if I think if we hadn't had the last three years of botched uh, releases, a lot of people would have been frustrated with this. But and maybe yeah. me inc- included. But I think if there's anything we need to remember from the past three or five years of video games is that if someone delays a game, then it's probably because it needs to be delayed, and the release wouldn't have been as smooth as it needed to be. So, yeah, especially this kind of game, which seems to be very like kind of interconnected, connected to the internet, stuff like that. And uh, I'm glad that they they were able to man up and just say we can't get it out in time, especially because it's almost June and it was supposed to come out in like two or three weeks from now. So, um, yeah. yeah, August perfectly fine by me it's yeah two months it's like the lowest amount of delay that we've seen in the past couple <laughs> couple of uh of years so well, i mean when's yeah. mighty number nine coming out again i mean yeah. come on <laughs> it is coming out now what yeah it is Isn't it? Yeah. yeah it was supposed so. to come out in 2014 right yeah yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the other thing I sort of have hopes for, maybe, you know, hoping against hope, um, is the PC gaming show. Um, you know, it mm. was such a disaster last, um, last year, and it was too long, too corporate E, too marketing E, and, and with no announcements. That was the most frustrating thing. I yeah, think the only, very marketing. Yeah. And, and, and the only, um, the only company that came out with something substantial was, I guess, you know, um, No Man's Sky 
announced the PC availability, which was cool. And then uh, Blizzard came with uh, the Eternal Conflict event for Heroes of the Storm, which is not a huge thing. But considering what was what did happen at the PC gaming show was the biggest thing. So that says mm-hmm. something about the show. But I think they, they know um, that things weren't good um and i think sean plot you know day nine um did as good as he could last year and uh, he will have he will be able to have more input on this year's show i think he's hosting again um so and and we all love pcs as a gaming platform and i I, initially i thought why do we need a pc specific show we we have everything you know everything is on pc all the time but i think it's it's nice to celebrate that platform as well which is the forever their granddaddy of of um of gaming and it never goes away and it's the the best most interesting one um so uh, yeah i i have some hopes for that i'm ready to be disappointed but i i want to hope it's going to be interesting yeah, I mean, so if you look at the the presenters list, the the ones that really stick out are um, Microsoft Paradox Relic, and uh, I just saw it. Where was it? Uh, Bohemia Interactive. Um, the bunch of the other ones are kind of like products like AMD and Razer again. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, we'll see. It's just I'm I'm hoping it will. More press conferences are never bad, you know. For More sure. information, you know. <laughs> um. What else? What else? Uh, I think that's that's about it. Let me look at my E3 schedule. Obviously, I would have hoped Nintendo did things, uh, but we're going to see Zelda. But that's that's you know to be expected. So um, I think that's about it, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, let's move on to other topics, which are mostly just quick news. We had a presentation of Gran Turismo Sport. Um, it's going to be launching in November. There's not going to be the beta that was promised. Um, what did you think of, of Gran Turismo Sport? Not a racing game person. So right. I'm not going to be really impressed by, by anything. <laughs> Um, but I did see an article today that talked about how that it will not feature dynamic time or weather, which I guess was a a, a feature in the past, and now they're be, they're being dropped in this version of the game. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure fans are not too pleased about that. Yeah, I think Gran Turismo. Um, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but it used to be awesome twenty yeah. years ago. Um, and racing games in general aren't as big uh, nowadays, but even in that category, there are other games that seem to be grabbing um, racing game fans' uh, attention. Uh, Forza is one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Project Cars is another one. Uh, even arcadey things like uh, Trackmania and stuff like that. So obviously, it's not the same thing at all. But um, yeah, it's it it seems that Gran Turismo is obviously a big event when it comes out, but it's not getting the praise that it used to when it was, you know, Gran Turismo one was mind blowing and up to maybe three or four. Um, but yeah. Uh, are you a civilization guy? I am. I All right. love civilization. So Civ five came out a while ago. There was beyond earth, uh, that came out. It was, you know, well received, but it it didn't blow anyone's mind. Um, uh, Civ six was just announced and it's releasing in in October. Um, 
Did you? What did you think of uh, what we saw of uh, Civ Six? So when I first started playing Civ, it was Civilization Three. Oh, um, and ever since then, it's gotten kind of more and more complicated. And so it makes it makes me a little nervous because I I felt like Civ Five was just too much of a big jump for me. Um, so I I'm excited for Civilization Six, like I have been all the other Civilization games. Um, so I'm hoping that that I'm able to ease myself back into it and not get too overwhelmed too quickly. Did they announce anything in the features that that made you you know got you interested, or is it just? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of looking over the stuff that that just to remind me, but um, j- more more building and more uh, research. I, I that's my favorite part of the game is just kind of like building up, building up, building up, and then going after it and, and destroying enemy armies. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a little nervous. <laughs> okay. Um, ooh, I forgot to mention um, Titanfall 2 is a, is a title I'm really, I really have hopes for because I think there was a nugget of awesomeness in Titanfall 1, and I hope they can develop it um, in the second one, and we're certainly going to see this at, uh, at E3. So, um, Okay, so Civ 6. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Fable is uh, apparently getting out of the runt that it was in when uh, Lionhead closed, or when Microsoft closed Lionhead, although maybe not in the way that you're hoping for. Um, <laughs> I saw that, that piece of news earlier this morning, and um, there's a new Fable game in development uh, from, what's the name of the company, founded by former Lionhead employees? It's Flaming Fowl. Uh, studios and um, they're going to Kickstarter and I thought oh my god that's perfect it, there was a, a genuine outcry when, when Lionhead was closed a, a few weeks ago um, and Fable is a beloved um, uh, franchise uh, that could that could work and then apparently it's a collectible card game which yeah. yes okay it's, I'm sure it's going to be fun but it's not the kind of, you know, I think one of the issues with Fable Legends, um, which was the game that they were working on that ended up being canceled, uh, one of the issues that people d- discussed was the fact that they wanted a Fable sequel, not a uh, MOBA slash asynchronous right. dungeon conquering thing that Fable Legends was. And... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I understand why they can't do a, a Fable sequel, because that would cost a trillion dollars. And also Microsoft, I'm guessing, which is licensing the name to that company, uh, I'm guessing they wouldn't license Fable you know, for whatever it would be, uh, because they want to keep that for themselves at some point. But I'm not, I'm not sure how well that CCG is going to fare. Yeah, and, and if it doesn't do very well, I'm not sure we'll... I'm, don't feel confident that we'll see a fable four anytime soon yeah at some point i think in the future it will you know show up but um um talking about card games uh skylanders battlecast is uh just came out it's basically a uh skylanders take on again uh hearthstone with cards that you can buy and you can see them in the game with the tablet that you use and you know you film the card and it uh, ar is the character out of the card and i tried it um 
I was a little bit surprised because it's supposed to be simpler than Hearthstone because obviously the target audience is often a little bit younger. I thought it was incredibly complicated. There's, you know, you have to choose three heroes and then you have to build a deck of 30 cards on top of the heroes and then you have some equipment you can have and you have some relics you can use and you can decide who you attack between the relic and the hero and the it was it was a little bit confusing honestly so um but yeah the skylanders franchise is uh still going i think it's too too complicated to for uh kids to get into well i mean no it's still i okay i have to tell this story too um Okay. When I came uh, to Japan, I started seeing those mobile strike ads everywhere. Do you, is the marketing campaign for that mobile game um, as big in the U.S. or is it just in Japan? Mobile yes. strike. Yes, yes, okay. yes. I've seen. I've seen these ads. I think I remember seeing one of these ads on like like the Super Bowl or something okay. like that. All right. So, yeah. So um, I, it's it's on YouTube everywhere. It's ridiculous. It's you know Schwarzenegger is is playing this game in the elevator in his room and like everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the commercial that I saw at the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> so that's the game, and I figured I'm seeing it so much. I'm I'm gonna just check it out and see what what this thing is. So I I installed it. I launched it really intending to, you know, actually try it out for at least, uh, you know, a couple of games. I kid you not, I it, I held out for 20 seconds before I, I <laughs> almost puked and I had to uninstall it. It hmm. was so obnoxious. You know, it was the, the tutorial, quote-unquote, uh, section is basically... A, a bunch of green arrows telling you where to tap with a scantily clad female guide uh, telling you now tap here to do this, tap here to do this, tap here to do this. And it's in a forest of incredibly confusing UI. Um, and you just follow the thing and you tap, tap, tap. You don't understand what you're doing. And the UI is so bad. The 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 thing is is you know I tried it on my iPad Air too, and it felt like it was it was not running properly at all uh, mm-hmm. because it wasn't powerful enough to run those. It was basically it looked like a, a jumbled CSS web page. It was oh, it was so bad. It made me think of the previous uh, marketing storm app, which was something Fire Age. Um, which had another, it was a famous, I don't, I yeah, can't yeah, remember yeah. who it was, M- Mariah Carey or someone, no, it was Beyonce Kate or, who was it? Oh, Kate, Kate Upton. Upton, there you go, Kate Upton. <laughs> um, one of those, you know, people that, that people magazines like. Um, yeah, like Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, okay, that, that was uncalled for. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was that Fire Aid thing. I, I, I also installed it and, and, I looked at it and I was like, I puked. It was it was so confused. Like design wise, the UI is so bad. I don't. How do those games make any money? Who in their right mind launches this thing if they're especially if they're not a uh, you know a game person? Do they, how do they launch this thing and keep? 
playing it. I don't I don't understand how these things work. I, I honestly do not. Anyway, my point is, because there is a point <laughs> to my whole story, um, <laughs> Mobile Strike is incredibly complicated and, and say, seems like something you never want to get close to. Uh, Skylanders uh, Battlecast is going. nowhere... It, what? Sorry? I see where you're going. <laughs> there you go. Battlecast is an actual game, and it seems to have somewhat uh, uh, convoluted mechanics, but it's still, uh, you know, a game that you can wrap your head around, and the tutorial section is much easier to get through, so... I think that, you know, kids that if they're not, you know, five, they're going to be fine. Probably the target age for the the Skylanders is going to be fine with that game. It's just that it it was surprising. It wasn't a little bit more simple um, than than Hearthstone, uh, which is the simplest CCG I've seen. So... um, um, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. I'm I'm not going to play it uh, because if I want to play a CCG, I have another one that I'm enjoying. But uh, it was it was interesting to see that the that Skylanders is continuing to do uh, different things. Um, and we're sort of reaching, getting towards the end of the show. I wanted to mention uh, the fact that Battleborn, um, which I haven't been able to play because my Mac, which can run. Overwatch, I figured maybe it can run Battleborn as well. No, it cannot. Um, it, it Getting everything to the lowest possible resolution and detail, it was like maybe 5 or 10 f- frames per second. So Ooh. I bought it and couldn't play it. And then I bought Doom because everyone's been saying it's awesome. And I figured maybe I can try it a little bit, but I don't have enough space on my bootcamp partition um, to install it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, PCs are where it's at. So- Sounds like you need to get a new computer, Patrick. Well, so I, I like my Mac for work stuff, but obviously yeah, yeah, it's crap for gaming. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Battleborn has not been selling well, and it's getting mm-hmm. uh, uh, price cuts everywhere. I've seen it as low as twenty five euros, which is maybe thirty bucks uh, on on was it on Amazon or, or Steam or something? Uh, I, I think it's missed its opportunity to. Uh to get as much money as possible it's outside of that window now yeah yeah it's it's but i mean it is very telling how the 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 price cut is painful like it, it's yeah. a full price game and it's now 25 bucks 25 30 bucks it's whew, that is harsh um I haven't tried it. Everyone says it's it's cool enough. Um, obviously, it's not being as as uh, successful as uh, as as Overwatch, which a lot of people are. Uh, you know, they were obviously. I, so, okay, I want to say one thing about the comparison between the two. Everyone's coming out and saying, "Oh, but you're comparing them, but they're absolutely not comparable." Battleborn and and Overwatch are a super different game. Why are people being so stupid and comparing the two? And I think that's such BS uh, <laughs> because, yes, they are incredibly different. And that's what everyone's been saying, except when you first hear about them, they are both FPSs and they're both hero based. And yes, there is one that is more towards the, uh, you know, MOBA genre and one that is more towards the fast FPS arena shooter genre. But when you first hear about them, they're both FPSs, hero based FPSs. Of course, you're gonna think, "Oh, they seem somewhat similar." So, yeah, it annoys me so much when people go like, "Oh, you're so stupid comparing them," 
yes, once you've tried them, you understand, or when, once you hear a little bit more about them, you understand they're different. And again, that's what everyone who's tried them has been saying. No one has tried them and come back and said, uh, oh, they're the same game. No one. So obnoxious. It feels very obnoxious to me. I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it Yeah, does. I mean, you're going to... You, there's only a couple ways you can describe a game without starting to compare it to other games. So I, I don't, yeah. I don't really see a problem with, with drawing lines of comparison between things. I mean, yeah. you call it, you could call it an FPS league, and you would get league people mad. So you're really not going to win either mm. way. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think I have a thing about you know using language inaccurately it's like i try to be precise i don't always succeed and and i welcome people correcting me and uh, you know when i'm not being factually correct and stuff like that i i welcome it but i have like it's it, we should explore my my childhood for the reason why it annoys me so much but <laughs> anyway there you go i've said it um and um so Battleborn, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to trying it out. I know it's not being successful, but I'm, I will definitely try this and Doom when I come back, uh, in Europe in a couple of weeks. And I'm really looking, looking forward to it and, and, you know, seeing what it's, what it's all about. So, um, anyway, Battleborn is getting a huge price cut. If you think you might be interested, now's the time because it's very cheap. Um, and by all accounts, it's a good game. So I don't know if you've tried yeah, it. And but, I'm going to uh, give it a try when, when it, when it gets cut down in price. I just spent, too much money on the overwatch collector's edition so <laughs> i can't i can't really justify buying battleborn at the same time too yeah understandable um so we're going to talk about overwatch a little bit i didn't i didn't really have it on the lineup um but ed had not played it during the beta only for the open beta and you're now um playing it so i'm going to get out of the conversation and let you tell <laughs> us what you you think about it but before that um i just want to mention uh the warcraft movie since we're talking about uh blizzard stuff and uh just to mention i i haven't seen it i hate spoilers i'm not going to spoil anything um i i'm not even reading the reviews but what i'm seeing is that apparently critics film critics uh don't like it and yeah. fans apparently love it. So I don't know what that means for the for the movie. Um, it seems maybe Duncan Jones hasn't managed to make it into something that the general public uh, can like in the same way that Marvel has made comic books, movies, into something that normal, quote-unquote, people can like. Uh, but every single person who enjoys the game who's seen it has said they love it. So... There you go. I hope it makes enough money. The budget is relatively limited. It's a hundred million. Um, I hope it makes enough money to warrant a sequel. And I hope they, they, I haven't even seen it. And already I want a sequel, yeah. but you know what? I, I, mean. I don't, I don't think that I, I'm nervous about it making enough money domestically, but I have a feeling it will definitely make its money, um, hmm. internationally. People yeah. are saying 25 million opening weekend is what it's projected to do. So, that's a little nerve wracking. Um, so, but I, I know I'm going to go see it. So that's really all that matters. To me. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been opening super well in uh, in in Europe where it's already out. And um, yeah. it's I mean the thing is with that movie I discussed a little bit on the instance, but uh, it, it's the kind of movie where you know that all of the fans are going to go see it opening week. Um, and so the opening, the strong opening is great, uh, but then the concern becomes, are 
people who are not fan going to go see it in the subsequent right. weeks. So is it going to keep making money or is it going to make all the money it's ever going to make during opening week? I think it's well, the big question. I, I'm hoping that a, maybe some people that like played WoW back in, in in Wrath of the Lich King time or whatever and have since quit, those people will probably might look at the critic reviews and go, oh, I'm going to hold off on that. But then once the movie actually comes out and there starts to get a little bit of a fan buzz around it, then they'll be like, oh, maybe I should go go and see the movie mm. if if people that were fans of the game liked it so yeah yeah that that would that could work like that it would make sense but uh yeah anyway two weeks two more weeks and then i can see the movie um all right overwatch so i've i've spoken i've talked about overwatch a lot i've i've had uh, more than one person tell me that i talk about it all the time which is true i completely acknowledge it um mm-hmm. so for this one uh, i'm gonna do what i did in my french show um which is get out of the conversation as i mentioned and uh, let someone else talk about it so um Ed, yeah, Ed. What do you, so you didn't play it during the closed beta. You got to play it during yeah, the open so beta, and I, now I never you're got playing. in. I never got in the closed beta, but I did play it during both of the the stress test weekends plus the open beta. So I didn't get as much experience with it as a lot of other people. But the little bit that I did get, I fell in love with just the um, a couple different characters. And since then, I've played every single character. I'm middling to good at most of them, you know? (laughs) Um, But just, I mean, I have never, it's been a while since I played a game like this where I've been wanting to to play it as soon as I get home every day. I want to play with all my friends. All my friends have all got it. We all play together. We all make groups of six and just destroy. Well, every time I I go home, or I go to work, rather, we we talk about it at work. I'm on the Overwatch subreddit all the time and linking things in our in our gaming Slack channel at work um, <laughs> with different play of the games and things like that. We talk about how Torbjorn is so dumb. How do you get a play of the game? It's Torbjorn all the time. It's so annoying. Uh, it's just I think that the game manages to do all the things that Blizzard does fantastically. The world building, the character characterization of the different characters, the the little tidbits, the little um, kind of things that Pete that interactions that the characters have before the games start um and i am not a multiplayer game person but for some reason this is really really suck its uh sunk its teeth into me and it won't let go and and i don't want it to let go i, I love it so much I, I just can't i can't stop i was playing it before we started this game i um uh, before we started recording the podcast rather and, and my friend was like i thought you had to go record a podcast and i was like yeah, but I have enough time to play two games. <laughs> so <laughs> so we we played two games and uh I totally kicked ass as Reinhardt like I like I like to do. Um so yeah, I mean I, I love it. I So what do you I, think what do you think makes it work for you, uh who isn't a multiplayer? Are you an FPS person? Yeah, so I, I played lots of Halo back in the day. Um nothing since like Halo Two, Halo Three time has really gotten me back into multiplayer. And so, what do you think? Lot- what do you think works in this one uh, that maybe um, didn't work in the previous ones? Because uh, just well, to mention, there have been many competitive multiplayer titles uh, yeah. in in those in those interim, but they they just stayed uh, relatively confidential. So, yeah, what, what do you think works on this one that that makes you like I it? I think I think the the fact that we 
before like i mean so battleborn was announced first before overwatch was but i didn't even hear about battleborn until after i heard about overwatch so when i when i was watching blizzcon um whenever it was announced and and they talked about all the yeah what all the different heroes and stuff like that that's what really piqued my interest because i was just so used to everybody everybody kind of being the same kind of player i mean you had different loadouts and stuff in call of duty but it never really interested me you always always had the same it was always the same gameplay every single time with this you are playing a different type of game with every single different character with, with torbjorn you're you're kind of playing tower defensey with with your turret with reinhardt you're just you you run up and smack people with your hammer um even symmetra who's kind of a weird like support defense mix kind of you you place turrets to kind of annoy people but you can still like um do some really cool things with with both your shields and your gun itself your gun is actually really powerful with symmetra which is crazy yeah, um, I think that's that's a pretty good description, and that's something people have been uh, hearkening on on <laughs> um, the fact that each character each, each different character changed. It it feels a little bit like playing a different game in the same way that it does yeah. when you're playing a different class in WoW or a different you know character in Hearthstone or that kind of thing, which is very yeah, mobile like. Even with even Widow and, and Hanzo, which are both sniper characters, you still there's still a. I mean, Hanzo has his bow and arrow, which you have to make sure you arc properly in order to hit them, hit the characters right. And um, and of course, Widowmaker is a sniper. Um, but I, I was surprised at how differently um, all the characters feel when they play. Uh, if you think about the the different types of attack characters, they all play so differently with versus with tracer versus reaper and, and Farah and stuff like that so uh, i mean it, it's what i think what keeps making me come back is with with halo and call of duty and those kinds of shooters you don't get a lot of variation in the games that you play because most of them are pretty much the same you go towards the power you go get the power weapon and then you kill other people and you, you but with this i am able to change it up so that every game despite there only being like three different types of uh, types of maps every game feels different every single time i play it mm, yeah it yeah it makes sense it's definitely one of the draws for this game for me as well um so another question how who would you say you wouldn't recommend the game to who who would you say might want to be you know careful about diving into the hype so if you really really like single player narrative focused games and you and you don't this won't really do much for you you get a little bit of the narrative and and kind of the interactions like i said earlier the interactions between characters at the start of the match but there is no single player there is no narrative inside the game you get most of that stuff outside the game so if you're if you're looking at overwatch and you're and you think i like blizzard's way they still tell stories the um even the kind of the, the world building that that they do most of that stuff is external from the game and not really internal to the game the game's not really uh, quote-unquote canon because you have like a tracer fighting a winston and they're supposed to be on the same side of the conflict so um if you're looking for that kind of style of game you're not going to get it with overwatch at least not at launch yeah okay so really the single player thing is is what yeah. you would yeah and and I and I admit I've admitted to to people that I do feel it is 
missing that kind of gameplay, but I don't think that I think that the multiplayer that the just the multiplayer that's there isn't is enough to make it worth the the forty dollars that it is to buy it digitally. Yeah, or sixty on console, but um, yeah, yeah, it's um, I you know I was very surprised at how how much I enjoy I I didn't mind I was sure I was going to mind the fact there is no single player can't content, but ultimately mm-hmm. I I was very surprised at how much I didn't mind it, but. Um, yeah, um, it's, it's a good game. It's a good. The matches are only uh, at most kind of ten minutes long, so it's a good game to kind of get in, play a few games um, before you have to go do something like record a podcast. You know, <laughs> I do know actually, yeah. intimately. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Um, that's yeah. That feels uh, pretty pretty accurate. Um, I think I would. Probably th- there's another category of people I would say maybe it might not be for you. I think uh it might or, or might not. Um it's people who have been playing FPSs for a, mm-hmm. a very long mm-hmm. time and who have seen it all, basically. Um I've seen a few people saying that they don't really get what the hype is about. Because certainly there's a lot of hype about the game and it seems to be making a lot of noise and a lot of people, I mean, not a lot, but I've seen some people saying that they just don't get it, that this is things that they've seen before and that the game doesn't bring a lot of uh, new gameplay mechanics uh, to the table. And I think that the reason those people are saying it is because they're so used to those kinds of games, you know, maybe they've been playing um, Team Fortress for a long time, and they played Quake back in the day, and they played Unreal, and even recently, you know, Tribes and um, the, the what's the name of that thing? Uh, oh, I can't remember. There's been, you know, not <laughs> Lowbreakers, but t- uh, Time Breakers, Splitters. There's been a bunch of those games. Um, and I think... The thing that Blizzard does is that it takes. I mean, that that that's what they they've they say themselves, and it's very well known that they take a type of game that has a huge amount of fun in it, but that fun isn't exposed and isn't as accessible as it could be, and that they take those fun elements and they bring them out. They remove some of the tedium and some of the um, uh, things that get in the way of the fun and they expose the fun to the most amount of people possible. Uh, Often, this implies simplifying some of the gameplay elements and um, often it implies removing some of the more intricate complexities of of the gameplay. And, And usually they add depth and make it uh, complex in other ways, but it, it is less hardcore if you want to look at it that that way. So they did it for WoW, they did it for for uh, Hearthstone, uh, both widely successfully. They did it for Heroes uh, with a lot less success than for those other two. Um, it seems they're doing it for for uh, Overwatch now as well, and I think some people that you know the people that have not experienced that kind of fun in the FPS genres are discovering that um, how amazingly fun those FPSs can be, right? How, right. Uh, you know, what is fun in the FPSs? And for those people, for people like me and you, uh, possibly, uh, 
it's it's new. We're discovering this fun and we're loving it because we're discovering how fun, how much fun FPSs can be. Um, and, you know, obviously I've played FPSs before. You have to. And, uh, but you understand my meaning. And the people who already know how fun FPSs can be because they've been into it for a long time, um, they can either embrace it or think... And certainly some, you know, long-time Team Fortress 2 players have embraced uh, Overwatch and they're playing it a lot and competitively and all of this. But other people might think, well, I don't get it. We've had this for a long time and I don't understand why this is better than the thing or, you know, or why people are liking it when... I've had uh, CSGO for a long time, and I've had fun with Team Fortress 2, and I've had fun with Tribes and, um, you know, all of those games. So I think I would... This is a very long-winded explanation uh, to say (laughs) that maybe some people that that are already into FPSs might think this game is a little bit trite and doesn't bring much to the table compared to what they've already been enjoying for a long time. So... Yeah, maybe. I mean, I I think that your comparison to how Blizzard took WoW and Hearthstone and, and turned it into something very popular, it might turn people's noses up that 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 were really hardcore into ever 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 EverQuest, you know, thing, things like that. Um, but I, I think that even a hardcore FPS person can look at this game and, and see the, or a TF2 person could see the the joy that that it could bring to someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. There, and, and certainly the, the general um, the general feeling about the game has been incredibly positive. And I've mentioned yep. it uh, a little bit before, and it, it was, um, you know, after a while when you're isolated in the beta and talking to the same people and just the same Reddit group and to, you know, you start thinking, okay, we all love it, but does will everyone else... And then the game is released, and apparently, yes, everyone else does love it as yeah. well. So it's kind of a, all right, phew. Um, and, and just one more thing I, I will say about about the launch itself. I thought that it, it I mean, it went off without a hitch. It, was, it came up a little bit late. Um, yeah, it was 15 minutes late. but No no, no big issues, no big problems, um, and I was really impressed. And I, I'm glad Blizzard learned a lot from the Warlords launch that they, they were able to, to keep up with the... the the demand yeah so, yeah it's been a, a really i mean the last few launches has been pretty smooth i think i haven't i mean maybe for the uh hearthstone expansion there was a little bit of uh, <laughs> a traffic jam but uh mm-hmm. mostly it's been good uh one, one thing that surprised me is that we didn't get a day one uh sales press release I was fairly sure we would get one, but certainly I, I really think we're going to get a, a week one press release uh, probably today or tomorrow. If we don't, I'm super puzzled. I don't understand why they wouldn't talk about this. At least, I mean, day one, I was sure, uh, but week one, I would be shocked if they didn't talk about it. Yeah, um, and, and if, if they don't, it'll be in the investor call. Um, yeah, that's coming up, for sure. So. For sure, but I'm, you know, I mean, I've been wrong about everything I've predicted about this game before, so <laughs> I, would, I shouldn't be yeah, surprised. I mean, it, if, if they still had Patrick Beja in charge of PR over there, there would be a release already, right? Uh, yeah, and that might be a huge mistake. I don't know. <laughs> they have much cle- much more PR clever people than me out there. Um, 
All right. Uh, I think that's going to be it for, for the show. Um, Ed, where can we find you on the internet when you do stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at, uh, at Edesis. That's E-D-E-E-S-I-S. And if you want to just uh, keep an eye out for when I stream live on 4pp.tv, you can go visit the calendar over at 4playernetwork.com slash calendar. And keep an eye out. We're looking to... Uh, make some improvements on, on, on that website um, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. We're doing some some cool cool new stuff. So keep an eye out for it. Ooh, exciting. So uh, basically yeah. you're going to be uh, curled up in a bowl under your desk hoping that nothing explodes when the site gets up- upgraded. Well, I mean, you know. I was talking about <laughs> Blizzard doing so well and, and that's <laughs> just going to come bite me, and bite me later. So. <laughs> All right. Um, the link to the Twitter is obviously going to be in the show notes. Um, for me, it's not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook. And you can find this show at uh, Frenchspin.com. You will also find the Phillies Club there, with the, which is a show about international news, which I assure you, you will enjoy. And um, yeah, we had a pretty good show last week. Um, also, we are doing E3 coverage with uh, Scott Johnson during, well, during E3 of all things. We're going to try and cover live as many of the conferences as we can. Um, and they will be available probably on his boop show uh, feed for uh, later listening. We did it last year and apparently people liked it um i'm not sure why people enjoy listening to uh conferences commented conferences after the fact but uh, apparently people like it so we're gonna do it again and i'm glad people enjoy it um and finally if you enjoy overwatch as much as i do and as much as ed does uh you might want some more overwatch content and in that case go check out overwatchers which is a show hosted at amove.tv which is garrett weinsrule's website um it's a bi-weekly show all about overwatch as the name implies um we might do a few more episodes to get you know because of the launch so um just go check it out amove.tv overwatchers is the name of the show Uh, that's going to be it. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode will be a little bit late because we'll be recording a summary of all of E3 with Scott. Uh, and that might be a couple of days late because we're going to wait for all the, of the conferences to be uh, over. But uh, it will be on the feed for sure. And I think it's going to be a fascinating one. So we'll talk to you then. And until then, have fun playing Overwatch. I'm going to go smack some people with Reinhardt's hammer. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds appealing. I'll do that too. <laughs> Bye, everyone.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.